Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. Good evening and welcome to The Parent Show here on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Later in the show, Steve Simpson talks to local author and entrepreneur Liana Wall. Liana has just published a children's novel, The Wishing Well, Seek and You Shall Find, which is a fairy story, but one with a difference. She talks to Steve about how the death of a parent, with whom she had a close relationship, led to feelings of loneliness and isolation, and how she has tried to include coping mechanisms for these feelings amongst the themes of her book. But first, Lydia and Seema talk to Dr Jessica Swainston from Cogenis. A very warm welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elkoury. And good evening to you. I am Seema Barker and so delighted to be back with you after our summer break from me anyway. Indeed, and for me too. So tonight we've got a great show lined up for you and we're going to start off with our first guest who's Dr Jessica Swenston. She is lead psychologist at Cogenis, which is a company she's going to tell us about in just a second. Jessica, you're very welcome to The Parents Show. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Our pleasure. So tell us tell us a little bit about yourself, Jessica. Yes, uh, sure. So um, as you just mentioned, um, I work for a company called Cogenis, and we're building mental health applications for the uh, modern world using um, artificial intelligence and psychology and um, the first app you know uh, which brings me to this show uh, that we've recently developed is um, is is wing an app for parents and the idea behind wing is that it will oversee children's social media um, in in an attempt to keep them safe and and happy online through um, understanding their online well-being so can you that's that's so this is a very broad subject um can you speak to us broadly, first of all, about teens and being online and that and their well-being? That might be give us a back backdrop to how this app is going to work. Yeah, sure, and I can I can explain in, in more detail how the app does does work. But you know, really, this is this is the first generation um, to grow up with social media, uh, and so the the, ref, the research into the effects on well-being um, in children and adolescents and, and even in adult heads and even in adult, adults rather is in its in is, is in its infancy. So we now know that around 90% of 11 to 16 year olds say they have a social media account. So we know that it, you know is is very popular and um, the average teenager can spend between one to three hours on social media um, every single day and that figure is increasing. I think especially at the moment during the pandemic, we've seen a big surge in social media usage. But in terms of generally, in terms of looking at the effects on well-being, um, it's a bit of a mixed bag. So um, whilst there are some studies that show that social media is associated with negative outcomes, um, there are also studies that show how it can have positive effects on well-being as well. And whether individuals have good or bad experiences with social media can depend on um, a number of factors, including, for example, how long they spend on social media, 
or whether they have any direct sort of online negative experiences, um, such as being the victim of cyberbullying. You know, and that is one of the things that we pick up on with the app. You know, um, that is one of the things that Wing can detect is the um, interactions that involve um, what we call cyber threats, for example. So at the moment, there's not a direct causal link between social media usage and heightened levels of, for example, anxiety and depression. They may be associated, but there may also be other mediating factors at play. So just to give an example of that, you know, if a teenager was to stay up on their phone (laughs) on social media until two or three o'clock in the morning, um, and then they have to get up for school at 7am, then it's likely that their sleep will be impaired. And it may be this lack of sleep um, that is actually influencing more directly the symptoms of anxiety and depression. So we have to look at the bigger picture. And the, the key really is learning and developing the skills um, to maintain a healthy relationship with social media. Um, and really, the younger that um, we can do this, the better. Fantastic, Jessica. And as you know, as a mom of an 11 year old boy who got his phone a little bit early because of lockdown and the need to, for social interaction, yeah. I'm, I'm listening, listening <laughs> and taking notes as, as with every word you're saying. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, what, what are cyber threats? You yeah. mentioned them. Yes, exactly. So, well, really, the, the online nature of social media um, brings about its own set of challenges. So, so when I say cyber threats, uh, this can refer to all sorts of things um, that may now happen online that might put a child at risk. So, for example, um, cyberbullying is one that I mentioned, but also things like cyber racism, um, grooming, pressure to take part in sexting, for example, or even um, extreme things like radicalization. Uh, conversations about violence or violent actions, these sort of things. And, you know, these are all things that we now need to think about um, now that so much of communication um, is, is digital, you know, is through digital mediums. So, so this, is, um, this is something that really needs to be addressed and looked at and considered moving forward. When you talk about those things, uh, Jessica, I'm wondering what kind of role does privacy have to play in this, especially when you say things like, you know, sexting and, 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 you know, that area, I suppose, of online engagement by teens is really worrying to parents. And, you know, how do we deal with that? Yes. So, so this is what we've tried to, to address with Wing. uh, We've tried to find that right balance. Uh, so, for example, Wing is, is, is designed to be installed on, um, on the child's phone with the child's consent. So it's meant to be a collaborative process um, that the parent does with the child. And Wing will pick up on, on things like cyber threats, but it will only alert the parent when um, we believe there to be a serious threat to the child. So um, we are also intending to keep the the child's privacy intact as well. So, for example, Wing does not um, tell uh, the parent who the child is talking to. Um, it doesn't tell, you know, give you know information to the parent about every single conversation that they're having. It's really only whether when when there's a serious threat to the child, and you know, then you know when potentially the 
the parent might have to intervene if there's something that could be you know potentially dangerous um but we think that that's really we think it's really important for the child to maintain their sense of privacy especially um you know for teenagers uh, who are going through significant changes in their development um at this time and you know i do know of apps and other software out there that's more like a spyware but i actually think that this can have quite a detrimental effect on you know internal family dynamics on the relationship between the parent and the child and that's something we want to move away from one of the um features that we're developing at wing is actually um a chatbot feature where we can offer parents psychology led advice and also on our website as well um just giving parents a nudge in the right direction about how to handle some of these these issues these um you know dealing with cyber threats for example but also how to just build a better relationship with their child um and to start talking to them about important issues such as emotions and emotional expressions and mental health um from a young age and that's more the direction that we want to move in in terms of building a, you know a better relationship between the parent and the child on on one where there's there is trust i i mean that makes complete sense you know nobody wants to have their diary read do they and yeah. you might as a parent if you're using some kind of spyware you might manage to identify something you know of concern but how do you broach it you know i mean you're basically revealing that you've been snooping like reading a diary so yeah. i mean that avenue is is never going to work is it so i i love the idea of the collaborative element to this app and how you're getting you're kind of training parents separately <laughs> giving them advice and 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 then using software at the same time it, it sounds like a great idea mm. and jessica on a very practical level how does it work because i i um i might be a bit technically challenged so just say you've got facebook instagram snapchat on your phone does and then you have to download the app separately is that right yes exactly and so so um so you so you have to download the app and then you pair um your phone with your with your child's phone so so what when i say it's a collaborative collaborative process you know um we encourage the parent to sit down with their child you know the child has to enter their passwords not that you would see them but the child has to enter their passwords and um and it connects the two the devices and so they would sign into their social media accounts for example instagram or facebook or what have you and then the parent is given an overview of their child's online interactions and the type of content that they're exposed to and just one of the ways that it does this is it assesses the um the the type of of content uh, emotional content that the child is exposed to so it assesses some of the core emotions that we that we use in language and in images so for example it can pick up on messages and images with happy content uh it can also pick up on sad content or interactions where there's a lot of anxiety or fear being expressed and how wing presents this information to the parent is in the form of a weather forecast so for for example across the past week So if the child's interactions are generally quite happy, uh, then the weather forecast will be nice and sunny. Um however, if there's some sadness or fear for example, then uh, there may be some rain or 
thunderstorm. And this is just to help give parents a, a general overview of uh, the child's online environment, you know, just give, to give them a feel of what's going on um, without actually exposing um, what the child is doing or saying or who they're talking to, etc. And this way, parents can just watch out um, uh, for anything that might be concerning. So it's, it's more of a safety net. So I was just going to say, so, I mean, that's that's incredible. And so it picks up on... Um, I am far more technically challenged than Lydia is. I'm afraid you're now in my hands. Um, so it picks up on on the emotions, as you said, uh, which is which is brilliant. And so perhaps I can see how that would work if maybe there are, I suppose, some concerns about teens is maybe they're they're having conversations maybe about self harm or something like that, and that that could be picked up. It would it then also is there any way that it could relate to I mean I don't know what I'm thinking about maybe something like grooming or something would that is that something that could be picked up or it would it yes. would right uh, okay so essentially um so so we you know we've used artificial intelligence to to develop this um this this app and so we've had, we've had a team of uh, researchers who essentially have built this big data set so they've you know they've spent hours essentially tagging phrases you know thousands and thousands of phrases in the English language common language that may be associated for example with these sorts of threats such as grooming or I mentioned radicalization or any kind of online threats mm-hmm. um, and so essentially the system the AI has learned from this data set that we feed the system uh, how to detect these threats in um, in in images or messages, essentially in this in this online environment. Fantastic. And Jessica, would would it then the advice that parents are given alongside mm-hmm. is it then tailored to what it looks like the kind of experience the children are having or their child is having? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. So so for example, if in the child's environment so so there's 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 two sides to it we we have this side to the app where you know it's sort of looking at emotion um because we think it's really important that um parents are starting to talk to their children about emotions from a young age and then the other side is you know actually giving alerting parent to potentially potentially serious threats such as you know um like you said self-harm or grooming or radicalization but on the emotion side if for example uh, you know there's for you know a few weeks um, or a week or so of where the, the, the content in the child's environment is just you know very angry for example or very sad then we will the, the bot, the chat bot, <laughs> will will talk about this and um, with the parents and just try and nudge them in the right direction or give suggestions about, you know, perhaps having a conversation with their child and, you know, trying to address um, what might be going on um, with the child. And does the app, Jessica, does it do the nudging to the parent or is there any facility in which it also nudges the teen? I'm just wondering, is there like a, you know, you've been on social media for six hours today. Is it that kind of thing? Or actually, is the relationship between the bot uh, and the family through the parent? Yeah, this this is it's just for the the apps just for the parents at the moment and encouraging parents to 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 help their child essentially to um to develop a healthy relationship with the online world and with social media. 
and you know parents can play a really important role in you know in this process and you know that's what we are trying to do with the app it is directed at the parents but you know we're trying to nudge parents into (laughs) helping their child but yes it is for the parents and Jessica I'm really interested to hear what you think about lockdown how has that impacted the situation are there you know have you seen positives negatives was wing developed in the process of lockdown or beforehand I'm just quite curious yes um no um wing wing was developed you know the idea for wing came about a year and a half ago and then it was actually um it was through um, Joseph Sikora um, founded Wing, and it was actually through a personal experience that he had had with a family member who had been bullied online, and but he wasn't aware of of this issue until they uh, showed physical signs of stress, and he felt that as a parent there wasn't you know a lot of tools out there to to detect you know these sorts of online threats. But also there wasn't a lot of advice out there for parents and, you know, in terms of how to, to deal with these problems, etc. So so this is what inspired him to to develop Wing. And his background is um, AI. So, uh, you know, that's how Wing came about. But in terms of the, the, the pandemic, yes, well, I think children are spending more time online than ever before. Well, I think a lot of us are actually. And there has been a huge surge in the number of social media downloads. And this is understandable, really, um, as obviously children want to keep in touch with their, their friends. And, you know, it might also be somewhat of a, of a, of a coping mechanism in, in response to these unusual times. Uh, you know, who knows whether this will promote sort of addictive social media use in the long run. I, I think it's too soon to tell. But um but what it does mean is that now more than ever, we do need to consider children's online safety and, yeah, and consider tools that we may be able to use to to keep children safe online. Well, I mean, I think it's excellent and, and I can see how this is going to, you know, empower parents essentially to have conversations where they may feel that they're not sure that they have the tools at hand to have those difficult conversations, especially as your teenagers grow, you know, bolder and and they feel I think most most parents would agree with this. They feel that they are being treated differently from their friends, from their peers. And so I can see how this is going to be a great tool. Now, you've got a PhD in psychology and neuroscience. So I'm going to throw you this question. I hope mm-hmm. uh, this isn't going to be too of a, it's just the kind of benchmark that is so helpful to a parent. But what, what do you think is kind of amount of time that is okay for a, let's say, 13-year-old? to be on social media a day you know is is, you said one to three hours was an average I think you said too much yeah well I think you know it it can actually be a lot like be a lot more than three hours in fact even um but yes as an average I think statistics at the moment show um one to three hours it's a really difficult question because there's so many factors that can come into play in terms of whether someone would react badly to being on social media um, you know, you know, we do know that, you know, there, there are some studies to show that the longer, um, you know, excessive, excessive amounts of time on social media may have negative outcomes. But there's so many different factors that can contribute to these outcomes that I think it really at this stage is a bit too soon to, to you know, give a give an exact figure or to a, a suggestion, for example, because I think, you know, it. it, it 
it really it can depend on the individual so much as well uh, in terms of how they react to certain content that they see online, um, individual differences, personality traits, etc. So for for one person, you know, maybe one hour a day is is too much, um, but maybe for someone else, three isn't. So I wouldn't like to give a, a an exact figure. I think it's more about monitoring um, and, and encouraging teenagers from a young age to monitor and be mindful of how social media is making them feel. And it's about teaching children to, so, yeah, like I said, be mindful of, of, of their interactions and the type of content that's either making them feel good or making them feel bad. And, you know, if it's, a, if it's having negative impact on, on other things in their life, such as sleep, um, such as their relationships, um, etc. And, and, and one thing I really think is important is, is for parents to help um, children develop a, a level of critical thinking. So apply some critical thinking skills to the content that they see online, etc. So that, you know, you know, we know that, for example, social media isn't isn't the full picture. What you see on social media isn't necessarily what's going on in other people's lives, or may be true, it may not be true, um, etc. So that's a it's a key skill that um, I think is good for parents to encourage um, with children. Great, Jessica, thanks so much. Now we're coming just to the end of our interview. Just one last question before we let you go: Any silver linings on the horizon with social media? I mean, we all parents we kind of dread it. We know, we know it's a minefield and we're probably not getting it uh, right. But are there any, any positives that we can look for, nurture and, and hold on to? Oh, yes, absolutely. Importantly, actually, I think it's, it really helps young people to develop the technical still, skills that they need to function in society, in the, in the, digital, in the digital age. So, so much of how we communicate now is online. And, you know, even for when we go for job interviews these days, um, these sorts of skills will be expected. So it is an important learning step um, as well. And social media can present uh, many, any, many uh, extra opportunities for young people. One of the biggest pros being that it's, it can enable us to connect with like-minded people um, when they are not necessarily in our immediate families or communities. Uh, and this can actually be very important for ethnic or sexual minority youth. And it may help to reduce feared stigma um, and feelings of loneliness also. So, so there's lots of positives to nurture. Um, w- one of the other things um, that I, I think is quite positive is that there's some surveys to show that there's an increased engagement in teenagers in, um, in social activism online by expressing support for social issues or signing position, uh, signing petitions or what have you, and that's really uh, that's really positive and has been referred to as the the Greta effect after Greta Thunberg. So yeah, there's lots of positives to to nurture, and that's what I think we really need to emphasise is that social media can be great, but it's about developing that healthy relationship with it, and I think that's the key to to um 
to being safe and feeling happy online. That's great. Thank you so much, Dr. Jessica Swinston. We um lots to learn, lots to think about, and um we can't we can't run away from it, so we might as well embrace it and and get the best out of social media that we can and, and your advice is very valuable. Wonderful. And so it's so nice to have something positive to end on, which is which is always nice in this kind of interview. Yes, absolutely. Yes. No, no, I think it's important to remember there's there's plenty of benefits. Also. Excellent. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks a million for joining us on The Parents Show. Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parents Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves solicitors, your complete legal solution. Our next guest on The Parent Show is Liana Wall. She is an entrepreneur from St. Albans who, among her very many accomplishments, has built her own St. Albans dance studio business from scratch. She's been a property developer, a singer-songwriter who moved to America and had a number five hit there. She has been a TV presenter and even won a Mayor's Pride Award in St. Albans. Now, though, Liana has written a children's book, which we're all very excited about here at Radio Verulam, and even more so to find out it has been published this week. It is no ordinary book. It's the Wishing Well collection, Believe and You Shall Find. And it may have all the key ingredients that you expect from a book aimed at the younger reader, lovable characters, fantasy, magic and so on. But it runs much deeper than that. It is a book about hope, about loss and the emotions that a young person may feel when faced with the loss of someone close to them, much of which was inspired by events that happened in her very own life. So, Liana, good evening and welcome to The Parent Show. Good evening, Steve. Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. That was actually perfect. Perfectly said. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Why don't you start by telling us about the book, though, first of all, Liana? Oh, yes, perfect. So the book is from the Wishing Well Collection. So the Wishing Well Collection is something that I created myself following the loss of my father. He always used to say to me in a text message at the end of anything that he said was, all is well. And that used to always make me feel very comforting as his daughter because, you know, we didn't live together anymore. So when he said the words, all is well, I knew that was, he's fine. So that's why I created the Wishing Well collection. And my debut book, Believe and You Shall Find, relates to a part of my life where I sadly lost him and I had to find my inner strength and my encouragement to try and get on with what I want to achieve, my dreams and my goals. So we did mention in the introduction that the book runs a lot deeper than many books that are aimed at younger readers and those themes I guess were inspired by the loss of your father. Yeah that's that's correct I mean he was the biggest inspiration in my life he supported me when I went to dance college at the age of 16 I I was at full-time performing arts school as you probably know Steve it's very expensive (laughs) so when you um, have a child that's in performing arts it, it can be quite costly and I do understand not only running my own dance school as well but also from personal experience so when I went to performing arts school at the age of 16 he was my, you know, my my biggest um, fan of, of of trying to create who I am, and that is a performer. So I love creating, I love performing, and I also like um, portraying to the world something that is meaningful, whether that's through dance, um, through song, through writing. Is there something I can create to the world 
you know that that's that's my goal in life and that's what I'm here to do so how influential was your father on your career did he enable the the things that we were talking about in the introduction of course I mean when I when I was only 16 years old and I went to Foreman Arts College you know that's that's quite traumatic because I was I was dancing for 10 hours a day and I had to get the train because it was at Benchley then it went to Bedford so I luckily I got the Bedford line from St Albans to Bedford every day and he'd always be there to pick me up and when I when I was doing my dance training I also then started doing presenting which is TV work and I used to work on a very very late night um you know I'm not sure if it can I say this, Steve? Uh, Jackpot twenty four seven. Yeah, thank you. Here we go. So I was on the I, I was on the ITV shows, uh, doing the the casino work, and you know that that finishes sometimes at four o'clock in the morning. And he didn't want me to to get the train. Well, it wasn't trains running anyway, or drive home. So my my own father would pick me up at four o'clock in the morning, and he was a college lecturer at um, at Barnford College in Bed in in, in Bedford. And he would come and pick me up four o'clock in the morning just so I was safe. And I think that is such a wonderful thing a, a father can do for someone that's trying to pursue their career. My father was always my backbone. And he, he came to me in all my touring gigs when I, when I used to sing in America. He was always my chaperone. He used to embarrass me quite a lot, though. He's, he used to kind of call me dear instead of Liana. So he'd be, be like, <laughs> I'll tell you this, there was one time, oh, dear, it's so embarrassing. There was one time we were in a really important meeting and halfway through the meeting, he'd, he, so I'd say this is Mike, he's my manager, you know, trying to portray my father as, you know, my manager because <laughs> he loved to be beside me. And halfway through the interview, he called me dear. And I thought, oh, dad, seriously, call me Liana. Like, he forgot. He ended up being my dad. It was like, oh, dad, don't call me dear in front of these, like, important American, like, producers, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, shame. But he meant so well. And it was it was just one of those things that I'll never forget. And he, yeah, he's the inspiration behind this whole Wishing Well name and the collection because, like I said earlier, he's always text me. If I want to check on him, though, he'd say all is well. Liana, in, in a sense, did the sudden loss of your parents, because uh, you wrote in your biography that you lost your mother to cancer uh, a little bit later on, did the loss of your parents lead directly to you writing this book as some sort of therapy or a way of getting your thoughts and emotions in order? Yeah, no, that's absolutely perfectly what you said there, because when my mother moved to Leicester, um sadly because my parents did break up um when I was 21 um and she moved to Leicester so my father still stayed in St Albans but my mother moved to Leicester but while she was in Leicester um sadly she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer so as you can imagine driving from St Albans to Leicester pretty much every day (laughs) took a little bit of a beating on on myself but I think that when when you know there's a time in life where you then have to be the parents to your parents, I was more than happy to do this because what they gave to me and all the encouragement and support and love and endless, you know, amount of of, of just inspiration that they did for me, it was very easy to drive up to Leicester now and again. But in your question, though, I think my father, he he had more of an inspiration when it came to my career. But I think that because I lost him so suddenly, I didn't understand his health aspects because he died of a stroke. And But my mother, because she had a long terminal cancer, um, that was a very long process. And that's something that 
I had to keep living with it every single day. So with, with what I have to kind of get from my parents, you, you can, as a child now living obviously from them, you've got to give back what they gave to me and they gave me all their time, all their love, all their support, all their encouragement. And that's what I gave back to them when they passed. And just no matter what age you are or what part of life you are, there's always a time that you're going to have to experience these moments. And that's something that I brought into my, to my book with the wishing well collection, because these fairies and the, and the whole world of Enchandering Wood create a whole situation. And if you can, find your positive strength encouragement inspiration from a situation then you can achieve anything yeah we should explain to the the listeners the the sort of premise of the book um of the the five fairies with their key power words and and which well you can probably explain it a little better than i can tell us how the the characters in the book uh, and the way in which they are, are written would help a younger reader deal with the feelings which we've uh, we've discussed earlier yeah perfect I mean it's one of these books I mean if you're like me and I mean I'm 35 years old and I love I love fairies and magic and I and I know there's listeners out there that when there's Christmas or when there's kind of twinkle lights or anything anything kind of Disney <laughs> they go oh I like this so this can relate to also adults but again as you just said Steve it's very much portrayed for the five to eleven year olds and I want them to kind of understand that when it, there's a situation in life that you might be dealt with and it could be you know mummy and daddy aren't aren't you know getting on so well or there's a family bereavement if you've lost somebody or something's going on at school or you lose your pet a pet can die there's always a situation in a child's life that really can be quite traumatic for them and i want to i wanted to create this book to to feel that wherever that they go through in life they can overcome it. So, for example, if they have, let's go, let's go, they've lost a, a their lovely gerbil in life or something. I want them to know there's always going to be hope for the next thing. So the hope for that would be that the, the gerbil's now moved on and they can know that it's in a better place. And again, that goes back to where my parents were. And that's the whole point of hope in, in my mind when I wrote this book is that there's always something better for them. Eliana, if I could just make an observation about what you said there, you were an adult when you you lost your parents mm-hmm. and that you had been so close, particularly to your father, and he'd been so involved with much of your life right up until that point. Mm-hmm. In reality, the relationship was still very much of a parent and, and child, but yet you were old enough and had the, the faculties to be able to recognise all of the emotions which you were feeling and clearly the talent to be able to write that down into a story, into a book. And and that seems to be how this book is designed to help children deal with the loss of anything, whether it's a parent or a gerbil, as you, as you said. No, no yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the whole point of this book, Steve, is whatever happens in life, it, as I said, it could be a bereavement, it could be just some sadness, it could be you're worried, you've got a little bit of anxiety, you're a bit stressed, or you've got something coming up. The whole point of this book for children and also for adults, because I'm not going to rule out the adults if they love their fairies and the magical stories, is that whatever situation you're dealt with, there's always a positive outcome. So... If you are worried, okay, you get that feeling of worry, 
But what I try and portray in my fairies and, and the whole magical spells that they do in this book is that if you worry, it doesn't matter. Just feel that that moment in time and let it out and the worry will go. And that's it's a, it's a very powerful book because each fairy does create a lovely power spell as well. So if you need a spell for um, courage, if you're a bit worried about something, that's why I just mentioned there. There's a spell for that. But if you need a spell for dreams, if there's maybe a child out there or even yourself, you want to start a new job or if your child wants to start a singing class or a dancing class, they're, they're a little bit worried. There's a there's a spell for dreams and it's a, it's a wonderful way to have a bedtime read with your child or even for yourself to fall asleep knowing that there's encouragement and there's a inspiration and positive aspect to it. And that's what I wanted to create with the Wishing Well Collection. And again, believe in you shall find hope, dreams, courage, love and truth. So let's talk for just a second about the actual process of writing the book, because you hadn't been an author until you mm-hmm. sat down and uh, started writing this one. How did you find the process of writing a book? Was it difficult? Did it, were you trying to drag out every word from your inner self or did the words just flow down onto paper? He said, "Yeah, no, no, it did. <laughs> like somebody from the seventies. No, it did. It, it, it flew to paper. So I was living with my nan, and for for some weird reason, when you're put in an environment that you've got no control of, so I can't turn on the channel that I want to. I can't put on my Wi-Fi. I can't reach for my phone, etc. Because I had no Wi-Fi on my phone. I couldn't look on these lovely social media sites. When you have the time to really think about." what your feelings are and what and what you really want in your heart your mind and your soul it flowed Steve I I I thought about right what am I feeling right now I I need a little bit of love right now I felt a bit lonely I was on my own you know just thinking I've got no wi-fi (laughs) I've got I've got no Facebook to look at and I wrote about one of the fairies which she was the fairy of love and and I wanted to I wanted to portray that through my feelings and again there was the fairy of dreams and I wanted to do more than just sit around during lockdown and and just do more with my life so this definitely is a book if you are ever doubting yourself or your child might might feel I'm, I'm not really feeling that today why there's a reason why and I think that this book really can portray a good energy to kind of get back into them what they want to achieve in their life and it doesn't matter as I said it doesn't matter if you're five years old which is the what the um, the youngest aim for the book is or 11 or even an adult there's always someone in life or even even as you know everyone that you know there's always something going on that you need a little bit of guidance and a little bit of love sometimes and again some inspiration and this is exactly what the book does as we said right at the beginning the book has been published and it's available right now where can people find it oh perfect yes yeah. so um it's, it's it's been so amazing this book at the moment so it's released on the 1st september um amazon did bring it out a little bit early <laughs> uh, because they had some uh, pre surely they didn't make a mistake no, a little bit sorry amazon um wish you well <laughs> wish you well there we go it's okay they don't they don't listen it's fine it's good. <laughs> So um no but with Amazon yeah they did actually they 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 did release it before our due date which is the 1st of September but there was you know lots of orders beforehand purely because people wanted to during specifically this time in our life they want to have some encouragement and some strength and positivity in just reading a book you know it's so nice just to read and have a little bit of enlightenment and if you and your daughter or son sat in bed and read this and saw my saw the sketches that I I made for you it's 
it's such a lovely bedtime read that you can fall asleep with inspiration and encouragement and just drifting off with the imagination as well that the next morning you can have some hope or something or some love or some you know dreams and it is it's a very much a, a feel good book and this is what I love about it and um Amazon I've, I've, I'm so grateful that I've got some five star reviews already it's on Goodreads as well so if anyone signed up to Goodreads it's on there um it's in the Waterstones so Waterstones and Auburn's woohoo you know go into there and ask for a copy um and on Smash uh Smashwords as well it's on there so any any major bookstores online it's it's all there for you and even if you want to have a little a preview of things I think they've got them on especially on Amazon they've got a read the book first before you buy so you can have a little look and see what it's all about talking of the sketches you did the illustrations for this book as well and I was looking at your website uh, which I'm sure you'll remind us what it is but you've actually got some of the sketches on there of the characters you you did all of the illustrations yourself I did yeah so um I do love drawing I mean when I went uh, when I was at Beaumont I did um GCSE art and I wasn't the best back then but I've realized <laughs> I've realized in my life I can do cartoons because I love I love my Disney and fairy stories being a being a ballet teacher and the performing arts weirdly even though I I can't really draw human human people I was drawing Disney kind of looks and that's exactly what I was doing but I could relate my brain to my pencil if that makes any sense you know and these characters came alive mm. on a bit of paper so these characters on the wishingwellcollection.com if you go under meet the characters that's where you'll see what my um my thoughts all were on these and I and I really don't hope you love them that is the name of your website thewishingwell.com uh, thewishingwellcollection.com Okay, you've got to get it right, yeah. otherwise you won't find <laughs> yeah, it. Thank you for say, correcting me yeah. on that Do it again. <laughs> Are there any more books coming in the series? More to come? Well, yes, actually, I'm um, I'm halfway through the next um, adaptation, or no, we'll say um, edition. <laughs> I'm I'm actually following the next edition to the Wishing Well Collection, which is Believe and You Shall Achieve. That's a sneaky peek, Steve, for our Verulam listeners, because the next book, Believe and You Shall Achieve, is another goal point in life of beautiful power words that can really inspire and encourage you. So please look out for that. That'll be next year. Diana, we wish you the very best of luck with Thank this you. book. It's a charming set of illustrations and the concept behind the book is absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for coming into Radio Verulam today and telling us so much about it and giving us such an insight into your life and the very personal aspects of it which led to the writing and publishing of this book we're very pleased that you came in to share it with us thank you oh thanks it's been lovely to be here and it's been lovely to be part of Verulam Radio thank you well that's it for the parent show for this week our thanks to our guests Jessica Swainston and Liana Wall please join us again next week for another edition of the parent show on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor the parent show the friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution.